Oh, oh. Oh, sir. Sorry, sir. What is this? A scrimmage? No, sir. I'm looking for assembly. Oh, are you? So am I. Hang on to my tail. Come on. Hello, and welcome to the Screen Test of Time, the podcast where we watch every movie ever nominated for Best Picture. I'm Susan Raslin. I'm David Daw. And this week, we watched Goodbye, Mr. Chips from 1939. Not to be confused with the Goodbye, Mr. Chips from 1960-something. Which it's very hard not to confuse because Amazon has literally the exact same art for both of them. Wow, that's really weird because they definitely do not have the same poster. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, one is in black and white? I don't... That's really strange. Yeah. So, wow, this movie. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's... I mean, just like... This is such an Oscar bait film. And apparently like a late 30s specific Oscar bait film because it's a movie about a man who never had children of his own, but who raised lots of boys over the course of his life. It's basically Boys Town if Boys Town had zero edge. Well, it's Boys Town crossed with one of the, like, ah, the 20th century, what shall it be movies, like Karis, uh, what was that one? Cavalcade. Cavalcade. God, why did they do this weird framing device that's the first 10 minutes of this movie, where you're, like, introduced to this new teacher who never comes up again? And who is super hot. Yeah. Mr. Jackson, I even wrote down his name, because I was like, oh, who is this guy? And then never seen again. Right. It seems like it's just there to let you know that Mr. Chips will someday not be a shitty teacher after the first hour of this film where he's a shitty teacher. (laughs) So the plot of this movie is really hard to describe because there's not a whole lot of it. It essentially follows this guy like straight out of university, becoming a teacher at some very prestigious- Yeah, Hogwarts for muggles. Oh, by the way, so much of this movie is so obviously the inspiration for Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just this is how actual- Like down to the set design. I think this is just like how actual British boys schools work. But the train? Like, is that- I I have to imagine it's gotta be. But it is weird. There's like a special school train that takes you to the school, and then the headmaster stands up and talks about how we're all going to play Quidditch. I mean, cricket. And the hall looks exactly the same. Oh, for sure. Like, I honestly think that they were filmed in the same place. That would not be shocking. He starts teaching at this all-boys school and is pretty much mediocre to bad at it. Can't project authority in the first class, and so completely goes overboard until all of the students kind of hate him because he's an authoritarian jerk. In the classroom, (laughs) it is weird how much people just sort of tell you what everyone thinks about Mr. Chips after every time jump, but his German friend gets him to go on a vacation with him to Austria. Which is an incredibly long section of the movie. Yeah, for real. So that he can meet his eventual wife. The only interesting and likable character in the movie. And so she has to die, like, almost instantly. Right. Like, she comes to the school, explains how to be a teacher on an incredibly basic level in, like, three minutes to him. He's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Actually, like, care for and nurture these children? All right. Basically, his whole reputation as being the best teacher ever is because of Kathy. For sure. 
it is wild how much the like short montage of Kathy being at the school is also like the entire school changes, like everyone's attitude about everything. <laughs> like she actually does all of the really impressive shit in this movie, and then she dies in childbirth. Because of course. Right. Then you do this other time jump to when he's in the terrible old age makeup, doing terrible old age acting he's not very good at. Yep. So it's really wild that, like, half of this film involves him doing it. We've time jumped enough that everyone's like, we all love Mr. Chips, you know, Mr. Chips, the greatest teacher that ever lived, because he does Latin puns. We're not, we're, we see very little of him teaching in this film about a person teaching for 58 years of their life. The vast majority of the film that is one continuous timeline is his trip to Austria. Yeah. It's like 40 minutes of this movie, and then everything else is like 10 minutes of different times in his life. So the repeated theme for time moving is that all these boys have to line up when they're going into the house and say their last name. And so like the montage of the time skip from after Kathy dies to just before World War II stuff is so hilarious because it's just like all these- World War One. Right. Sorry. It's hilarious because it's all these boys going like, Fridsdale, Pimbendle. <laughs> and then Butter. like two of them line up next to each other and go like, did you hear? Uh, some Frenchman just flew the channel. Just like no one would ever. I can't believe we're going to have a king rather than a queen. What's the news today? Oh, some archduke was shot. Right. God, the whole World War One section. He almost gets forced into retirement by the headmaster who wants him to pronounce Latin a different way. But then all the students love him for having had a rad wife 30 years ago so much. Which, like, how do they even know they weren't there? Right. And they, like, unforce him to retire, but then eventually he retires anyway just because he's so fucking old. <laughs> and then he does it right before World War I starts. And then, like, everybody else at the school goes off and dies in World War One, And so he ends up being headmaster just because, like... Everyone else is dead. Right. And then there's this weird World War One section where I don't know what any of that is there for, except I guess they're, like... Well, I mean, timeline-wise, he had to be teaching through World War One, but it feels like it should either be its own whole movie or way less than it is, because it's like 20, 30 minutes. Right. It's just this weird, uncomfortable middle ground of you having to run through him being this good and noble teacher, but you're like speed running the war. So you get introduced to characters where you're like, who is this guy that is now, of course, going to go tragically die? Right. Am I supposed to know who that guy is that's like, go see my wife every once in a while? Has he been introduced before that moment? Mm, uh his name is like Collie or something. So we saw him when he was a little boy. Okay. So he's the boy from the, no, he's not, he's too old to be the boy from the train at the very beginning of the movie. No, Collie was the one who started the whole riot in his first class. But wait, so like on his first day, because. Yeah, I think so. That's gotta be his kid because that's 50 years later or something. Yeah, maybe it's his kid. So we've never actually seen that generation of the Collies before. No, the last time jump seems to be really big. Yeah. Between Kathy dying and being asked to retire and then refusing to retire seem to be like, again, 30 years. Yeah, 20 to 30 years, somewhere in there. 
Yeah, it's very strange. Anyway, they get through World War One because his old German friend died in the war fighting for the Germans. That's our like one head fake toward not just being weird nationalistically patriotic about World War One, and then. I mean, then he just dies in this way where it's like, it's not even you pick back up from the framing device. He just falls over dead. Like, it's really weird. With the, like, voiceover flashback thing. Yeah, I just watched this movie. You didn't have to give me a line from every single scene. God, they do that in the World War One section, too. Right. Where the boy is like... I'm 16 and a little more and I want to go to war. And he's like, well, I hate to tell you, but World War One's going to last exactly 14 days. <laughs> so don't even worry about it. And then the literal next scene is them announcing that kid's death. And they're like, I guess this won't play. So we have to <laughs> do voiceover of the thing you heard 30 seconds ago. Yep. Uh, also the introduction to the flashback where he's like, yeah, that's the secret. Long teaching career. Been 50 years. If he just started mumbling flashback, 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 flashback to himself, <laughs> it would actually be- It would have been as effective. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, not a great movie. It's not a great movie. Like, the idea is there for something that could be interesting, but it's one of those movies that tries to cover so much that it either needs to be eight hours long or somebody needs to go, hey, maybe this shouldn't be a sweeping epic about 50 years of British history in addition to being a portrait of this guy's life, in addition to being a romantic comedy for 30 minutes. Yeah, that's the thing that really blew my mind was the totally different and not very good movie where they are in Austria forever. Yeah. It's very, very strange. The only relationship this movie bothers to show rather than tell you of the literally thousands of relationships in this movie, the only one it seems to actually care about laying some groundwork to one, you still don't spend enough time on it. It's still very hastily drawn, and you're like, him? Is he funny or something? <laughs> and then she does tell you that he's funny or something, but you've never gotten any sense of that before. No, and the fact that they're in love makes no sense to me. I mean, I can understand people being in love with her. She's great. What I love on the Wikipedia page, besides that she's great, is that all of the promotional pictures of the two of them together but none of the promotional pictures have the terrible mustache that he has to indicate time has passed <laughs> because he looks so horrible in it that they're like, um, just just take a lot of pictures of him, how he looks when he's super young and handsome. Right, like at the beginning of the movie, before he even meets her. Right. He does fix the mustache and his hair after they get together, because I guess she is like, hey, um, you look ridiculous. Well, he still has the mustache. It's just he starts wearing enough- But old... it's like trimmed. Yeah. It, it is less absurd looking. But then she dies and it's instantly back. Basically, he meets Kathy, they get married, and he looks 10 years younger. Yeah. Until she dies, at which point he instantly ages like 40 years. This movie has so much going on and I don't care about any of it. Like, I don't give a shit about any of the classroom scenes for like even a moment. I guess we should talk about the like weird scene where he goes to class anyway right after Kathy dies 
and the kids have done a prank question mark of sending him a lot of letters with blank pages in them. Yeah, because that's their April Fool's joke. And they're like, ha 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 ha, isn't that hilarious? The only way that functions is as this weird metaphor for his life collapsing because his wife and unborn child just died. Yeah. That like, it works way better as this incredibly grim thing that happens to him than as a prank. As a prank, it's the most random thing in the world. (laughs) It's not a good prank. No. Yeah, I mean, I have absolutely no ability to care about this movie, and I tried. I, like, rewound it, and I was like, okay, really just focus it on, nope, I don't, I don't care. Yeah, because the idea is so much time is passing, you never really see him build any relationships with the kids. Right. You just hear that he has built this relationship with the kids and the kids all love him. But, like, you're jumping through time so much that, like, the kid with the most dialogue maybe has ten lines. Right. Maybe. Yeah. It's just the story of this guy that taught for a really long time. There's no sense of, like, what made him special as a teacher besides just hanging in there. (laughs) Well, and on his deathbed, somebody says, like, oh, it was such a pity that he didn't have any children. And the last line of the movie is, I thought you said it was a pity, a pity I never had any children. But you're wrong. I have. Thousands of them. Thousands of them. And all boys. And I was like, that is straight out of Boys Town, one. Yeah. But two, like, this movie wasn't even as good as Boys Town. Because Boys Town concentrated on one thing. And, like, even with Boys Town, we were like, it is kind of weird that it has this biopic thing that it could honestly kind of shave off. But, like, you do at least spend time with the boys and meet some of them and have a sense of their personality. And their growth as people. Yeah, in this, there's none of that. It's all of the biopic and none of the interesting parts of Boys Town. And so, like, you are just being told what a remarkable educator he was. And it's like he tells one mediocre to comically bad pun about Latin law. And that's it. That's the whole of his, like, pedagogy that you get for the entire fucking movie. You know what's wild? What? Robert Donnett won Best Actor for this movie. What? That is insane. Yeah, but think about it. It's such Oscar bait. It is. Because he used old people makeup. It was one actor playing the same character (sighs) over 60 years. Wow. I didn't know he won. I knew he'd been nominated. Amazon was like, this got nominated for six Oscars, so I assumed it won zero. Usually they talk about the one that it won over how many times it got nominated. I was looking at the performance going like, Obviously, he got nominated. It's the dumb way he runs as an old guy. It's such a, like, choice. I made a choice. I am an actor thing. Yeah. That's it, though. It's like this weird parody of being an old person. Yeah. Oh, all of his choices as an old person are totally just satirical almost. Yeah. It's not a good movie. And it's like not a good movie, not because it's horribly racist or sexist or whatever. It's just one, it is so saccharine. Yeah. And two, it tries to do this follow one person throughout decades of their life thing that they still haven't figured out how to do yet. 
by this point, apparently, in motion picture history. If you told me this movie came out in 34, there's nothing in this that's like, ah, the first great year of cinema, they're finally figuring it out. It's like, we figured out how to do this at about this quality level a couple years back. It's cavalcade level. Really? For sure. The introduction to the World War One section being a guy going, Ah, yeah, some archduke got f- killed somewhere. Ah, what a shame, what a shame. And then you're like, what? So like, yeah, no news then, right? <laughs> I really wish that like one of the interludes with the boy was just a news story that no one would ever care about again. That it's just like, they flew over the channel. The queen's died. There's going to be a new coronation. Hey, did you guys hear that um, we just lost a soccer game? <laughs> Like, something that actually happened but has no historical bearing at all. Just a conversation. (laughs) So it feels like real life at all? Yeah. That is really the major issue, is that everything is so proclaimed and never shown. Yeah. And I really just don't have anything else to say about this movie. I don't either. I mean, should we rate it like a a three? Yeah, three. Sounds fine. I don't care. It's (laughs) like... It's an I don't care. It's an incompetence three. You tried. Yeah. Congratulations on by not having anyone besides a bunch of white British people in this movie never doing anything very racist. That's the best thing I can say for you. Good day. I mean, really? (laughs) Congratulations on essentially giving us the structure for most Harry Potter movies and books. God. If you were following... The kids, more specifically, even if it's like four generations of the same five kids, and you're like, well, that's a little bit ridiculous, but then you at least get to know somebody, you know? Yeah. Yeah, don't watch this movie. Definitely don't watch this movie. Maybe watch the one with Peter O'Toole, but I don't know. I, Yeah, I don't know. It feels like a thing where, like, because it's based on a novel, if someone were paying me, I might try one of the television serials. Just to kind of see when it doesn't have this sense of like, okay, now it's been another year. Now it's been five more years. Okay, now, okay, this is a big one. If you actually spend some time with him and the students, then I'd like kind of be interested in seeing how it goes, but not enough to watch a whole TV show of this for sure. So next week. Next week, we watch The Wizard of Oz, which is, I think, the... Did we already have one where we've previously watched it, or is this our first previously watched it? I think it's the first one that I've seen before. I think you had seen something before this. Yeah, I do feel like there was like one thing that I had seen, and I now cannot remember for the life of me what it was. It happened one night? No, oh. first time seeing it. Here comes the Navy. Yep, that was the one. Watched it every <laughs> every Saturday. Anyway, uh Fucking, here comes the Navy, Christ. (laughs) Boy, that movie is so bad. I'd forgotten about it. (laughs) It's extremely garbage. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Maybe I'll remember by next week. But yeah, this is going to be our first rewatch of, for both of us, certainly, of a movie we have previously seen. Would it blow your mind if I was just like, yeah, I actually haven't seen The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Honestly, yeah, it would blow my mind. Like, I don't know how you could have gotten through, like, the era of, like... Being alive? Well, specifically, and that era of Turner and Cable, 
that where I feel like it was just like every two weeks something was showing Wizard of Oz for it was on TNT every Saturday for my whole childhood. Yeah, exactly. Before there was even Turner Classic Movies as a channel. I think it's going to be interesting because it has been a long ass time since I've seen Wizard of Oz. A long enough time that I don't think I've ever seen Wizard of Oz and, like, watched it critically, you know? Oh, I definitely have never watched it critically. I'm pretty sure the last time I watched The Wizard of Oz was in college and we, like, did the thing with Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, I think it was like that. It was around then. Which actually may have been high school for me. (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) Now that I think about it. But yeah, I haven't. It was like high school the last time I saw Wizard of Oz. So it'll be interesting to see it as an adult. So let's and go like it turns out it sucks. No, I mean, it might, but it might, it might. I doubt it. I really doubt it. So, yeah, let's find out next time. And until then, um, this was three movies and could have stood to not be any of them. (laughs) Bye, everyone. (laughs) Goodbye. You'll have to marry me now, you know. Do you want to? Do 